Welcome to the Investor Shed Podcast with Nick Beveridge, the ultimate source for all things investing and beyond. For free tools, tips, and tricks, go to NorthIdahoREI.com. Tyler Wagner is a real estate agent, investor, handy guy, and family man. He talks of his camp directing experience, early investing, and building from the ground up. Stay tuned. Did you do your push-ups this morning? Uh, no. Clap on. Clap on. All right. You guys are all set. All right. Thanks. Tyler, thanks for coming. Good morning. Cheers. So this is Tyler Wagner, everybody. He's a uh, real estate agent and an investor, and he's also on our team. Thanks for being here. It's a pleasure. I've, I've heard lots about your pod, new podcast and excited to finally make it on the list of so many amazing people we've already had. So Nice. Honored. So we're like uh, 13, 14 episodes in now. Okay. Have you listened to any of them yet? <laughs> I've heard tidbits on okay, tidbits cool. on Facebook that have, awesome. have been very interesting. And I've seen all the guests that you've had on. And definitely that, that session with you and Joe laughing for about an hour was one of my favorites. <laughs> That'll be in the top top 10 for sure. So, nice. Yeah. Well, so we are in my house right now um, because we are quarantined. Uh, coronavirus is at its, I don't know if it's at its peak or just beginning. But um, we're supposed to be locked down indoors. It's nice to have this beautiful yeah. painting behind us <laughs> by Joe Joe Turner and uh, beers in the morning here we're at drinking, 9 a.m. and at the beverage nine, household. Nine in the morning, and we're drinking Laughing Dog Brewery. Shout out to <laughs> Laughing Dog, sponsor of this episode. Yes, of the investor shed. <laughs> <laughs> they should be. They're the unofficial sponsor. <laughs> All right. So tell me about yourself, if you don't mind. Where um, where did you grow up, and what got you? Uh, in, interested in real estate? Uh, well, I'm I'm a boy that born and raised in Colorado and made my way to Idaho about about ten year, eleven years ago. And uh, I've a I'm a I was I'm a youth, youth camp director and I retired from that. But the beauty of being a youth camp director is I lived in on site housing for for like twenty years. Yeah. And I knew that I needed to somehow get myself into the game of of buying homes and kind of doing that investment because I wasn't building equity through owning my own home. And, uh, I, I was able to, uh, when I moved here to Idaho, we were able to buy my first house in Coeur d'Alene. Oh, that was your um, first house. Well, I had owned a house in Bellingham, Washington, actually oh. a long time before that. That was the first house I ever purchased. And when I was a camp director moving around from places to places all over the West, uh, we ended up renting that house in Bellingham, Washington. And did really well with it. It was okay. a crappy old house that I fixed up when I was like 22 years old. I think the purchase price on it was like $79,000. Oh, wow. And it was and before the, the big housing boom. It was right after 9-11. Okay. And, uh, and, and then when we moved to California and then other camps that I started working at, we, we always kept it. We rented it. Um, and then um, when, uh, when we moved to Oregon and wanted to... Uh, buy a home there. Uh, we ended up selling in that house in Bellingham and just made a made a lot of money on it. Did really well. I think we walked away with at least a hundred grand. Nice. Uh, just after market appreciated for several years, and uh, we're able to apply that to a purchase in Oregon. And um, after getting divorced, you know, you gotta you gotta split up the proceeds of of whatever oh, yeah. you own. And uh, so I was able to cash out from a, a house in Eugene, Oregon. And uh, kind of roll that into my first investment here in Idaho, and it's just okay. been kind of 
snowball in there ever since. Okay. So that, that's kind of me. Retire, so, retired camp director turned real estate agent turned want to be real estate investor. I used to show up to your meetings when I was a little kid and be like, <laughs> I want to be a real estate investor. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I just wanted yeah. to learn. So, yeah. That's awesome. So uh, being a camp director, that sounds like being in the military almost. Like you got housing and you had to move from place to place. Yeah, it kind of it kind of <laughs> was. Um, hard hard work, good work. Um, just worked with amazing people and learned learned a lot of things. Like it's been so valuable to my real estate investing because I I know how to I know how to fix a lot of things, but like I'm not a pro at really anything. Uh, I I've learned uh, so much about electrical, plumbing, carpentry, but yet you don't want to hire me to do any of those on your place. But I, I've been able to fix up a lot of things kind of on my own or at least know people who can help me. And that's been a really big blessing of that previous work I did. Awesome. So, so and I could... always, yeah, I, just, I always had access to tools, sh- oh, big, yeah. big shops of tools that came in really handy when it came time to kind of fix up a house. And yeah, now it's biting me in the butt that I don't have access to that stuff sometimes anymore, but that's okay. I'm working on it. That makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, back up if you don't mind to Bellingham. Mm-hmm. So what what actually gave you the idea to keep the house as a rental? Because most people just end up, you know, if they move, they just sell their house. So what what gave you the idea to actually keep it? Um, we were my wife and I, and, and we had two little boys at that time. We we're living in this tiny little house in Bellingham that we had bought, and we I, I took a new job in California, and the new job in California provided the housing. I was like, well, okay. I mean, we could sell this place in Bellingham, but dang, I sure love this house. And we worked so hard to fix it up and get it looking nice. And, and the rental market was super strong. Bellingham's a college town, a uh, really beautiful place to live. And we just thought we might end up going back there someday. So we just decided to keep it. And that was probably one of the best decisions we ever made. Nice. We were easily cash flowing a couple hundred bucks a month, at least on this place while we owned it. And that was really nice income that we used while we were in California too. So, uh, ended up doing really well, except funny story um we did have one problem with a tenant who decided i guess something happened he got in a fight with somebody and then they ended up tossing everything in the house out the windows through all of the windows of the house like a movie uh, yeah it was really (laughs) weird i got this call like hey uh every single window of your house is broken and all this stuff is outside in the grass i was like oh well that's fun but um (laughs) the moral of that story is have a great property manager they helped me work with the insurance company to get that tenant out we got everything repaired and put back even better than it was and um it was a blessing to kind of work out that way so okay i had not thought about that for many years but well that's so that's that's an interesting story because a a lot of people are like afraid to be a landlord because they're afraid things like that will happen but like so that happened but like you have insurance and it just the insurance just took care of it. And right? we had a great property manager. Like it became her problem and she, she worked to solve it. And we yeah. really were thankful for that. And I think my advice would be, I would not recommend property managing from a long distance. I mean, you can okay. do it close by and, and I do, but if I'm out of state or a distance away, I wouldn't recommend long distance property managing. So yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. I've got some rentals about an hour away and I don't even manage those. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even manage the ones that are 15 minutes away. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm moving to that point too, so. <laughs> but, but it's, it's a, yeah, I think that's great advice. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, um, so you didn't read a book or go to a seminar or anything. You just, just, you just thought, hey, I'm just, we just love this house. We put a lot into it. I'm just going to keep it. 
Yeah, I think we were just desperate to own something, and and just we knew that we knew housing in America is almost always a good bet, and yeah. we knew we were in a desirable part of the country, great community. Bought this house for super dirt cheap, fix it up. We knew we had something, and it just really led into everything else that I've ever done. So when okay. you're when you're young and stupid, and go buy that first house. I mean, I remember my salary was eighteen thousand dollars a year, and I think we got some sort of housing program that enabled us to like a first time home buyer program, I think enabled us to get into that. And it was, it's, it's kind of led to everything else. Okay. Even through divorce, through all the ups and downs of the housing market that we've seen, it's, yeah. it's what kept us going and it keeps going. So, so that first house in Bellingham, do you kind of remember some of the numbers, like what your mortgage payment was and what you ended up getting for rent? Um, I don't remember the specifics, but I remember we bought it for about $79,000. Um, so mortgage is what? 700 bucks at the yeah, most? I'm thinking it was about 800 bucks a month, maybe a mortgage payment. And okay. I know we, I think we were renting it for, uh, a thousand, maybe 1100 a month. Oh, okay. Yeah. So we covered the mortgage. It was just a little two bedroom, one bath home. And, uh, we had, yeah, we had great, great luck with it. And I think we did that for about five years until we sold it. So, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. And then you did the same thing in Oregon? Yeah. So um, we actually sold that house and I, I went off of camp housing, uh, moved into town, had a family. We, we, we bought a house in Eugene, Oregon. And Eugene. Um, nice. we bought it right after kind of the, I think in 2009 or 2010 when the market was really kind of hammered in that area. And I was like, oh, what a great time to buy a house. And Yeah. Good timing. Um we probably suffered a little bit on the sale because uh, you, 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 you sell no market and you have to buy a no market kind of thing. So we probably sold into a, a, a hurting market in Bellingham, but we also bought into a really beat down market in Eugene. So it kind of evened out. But yeah. Uh, yeah. Whenever you're trading real estate, it doesn't matter what the market's doing. Mm-hmm. So unless, I mean, it, it matters what the interest rates are doing, but that it doesn't really matter what the pricing's at because if you're going to, you know, buy a house, at a discount, but you're also selling your property at a discount. Definitely. Or vice versa. If you're Good selling advice a house for real buying high, and but you're buying a house real high, they kind of equal out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's what happened to us. Uh, same thing with Eugene. Uh, we, we, inv- we decided to invest in a great community, a great college town, uh, strong real estate market after it kind of passed through that downturn and um, bought that house there. And uh, I actually didn't live in it very long. Uh, ended up getting divorced and eventually made my way here to Idaho, but I was finally able to, uh, cash out of that house and we did pretty well on it. And I was able to take that money and invest it here in Coeur d'Alene at my, on my, on my, uh, same thing, kind of a little tiny beat up house that I found in 2013, I think is when I bought that one and got to work fixing it up and it's done. I still have it. It's done really well ever since. So Nice. It's really similar to that Bellingham house, actually. So what brought you to the beautiful secret gem of North Idaho? Oh, gosh. That's a, that's a great story for another podcast. But um, <laughs> basically, I, was, I had uh, gone back to graduate school during the kind of downturn of 2008, 2009, mm-hmm. and um, got a call from a friend saying, I got to have a camp up here in Idaho uh, on Twin Lakes here called Twinlow. And uh, it needed some help. And he said, Hey, can you come out and uh, help this camp out? And I said, hell no, I'm not going back into camp ministry. <laughs> I was, uh, going to graduate school, getting a business degree. I wanted to make something in my life. How long were you in school? Uh, two years. Okay. Yeah. Just a graduate program. And 
I was just hoping to do something else besides camp ministry work. And I got <laughs> kind of dragged right back into it. And they asked me to come up here to Idaho. And I was like, Idaho, why the heck would I want to come to North Idaho? But uh, it was a great move. Worked out really well. Ended up serving at this ministry for about 10 years. Mm-hmm. And that, during that whole time, I was provided that housing and worked on my real estate investing on the side yeah. while I was there. So that's when I kind of met you and the crew and started attending your monthly events and just got kind of really hooked and yeah. yeah what what um if you don't mind reminding me what so how did you hear about our investing group <sighs> i'm not is that where that's where we first met right that's where we first met um i'm trying to re- i don't exactly remember somehow i got hooked up with joe okay. because i was looking for my i guess it would have been third uh, investment property here in Coeur d'Alene and Joe must have come recommended from somebody. That was me. Uh, but I, I honestly can't remember on okay. how I first tracked you guys down. Yeah, I can't either. I guess I'm going to go back to my emails, but <laughs> I think I heard about your investing meetup somehow online and I think Were I Were you t- on bigger pockets at all? Yeah, I mean, I think so. Okay. But I haven't been been on bigger pockets since like the early beginning. I don't I don't remember, but I think I went to one of your investing meetups first. Yeah. And then got hooked up with Joe. I'm like, and I, I didn't like my agent. I had I had bought a house with my dad here in Post Falls and didn't really like that real estate agent very much. And he wasn't really into investing and uh, didn't really do it full time either. Yeah. That's good good tidbit. Quick <clears throat> tip there is always work with an agent that is in the business full time. And, uh, so what what specifically didn't you like about this agent? Um, cause people typically do business with people that they know, like, and trust. Obviously he wasn't in it full time. I just felt like he was busy doing other things and I was just kind of a, well, I mean, I'll take the blame too, but I was a newbie like, Hey, I'm, I want to buy a nice rental home. I don't, I don't care. Like something that, uh, will cash flow. Uh, is a good deal uh, in decent condition and that the rents will pay the mortgage. And that's was main, the main criteria. And he was more of a, I think he more helped his friends and family buy their first home or sell okay. their home. That, that kind of more of a retail part-time agent. And I yeah. was, and I was really, and I didn't realize it at the time, but I was in need of someone that could identify when someone comes, something comes on the market. Oh, that's a great <clears throat> rental property. You should go buy that. So when I got hooked up with, with you and Joe, Joe kind of understood what I was looking for. Yeah. Set, set up that search to kind of, and, and we were looking for four bedrooms, two mm-hmm. bath homes. In, she buys the same type of property. Yeah, in Post Falls yep. or Coeur d'Alene. And we were able to identify a couple of them and, and, and went after them and worked, worked with you guys ever since. So Nice. Yeah. So funny because I, I, I remember, and I'm not joking or being facetious at all, she, like, you were her favorite client. <laughs> that she ever had <laughs> that's good it was, I, it was so funny i feel like i was pretty I'm so glad you're on our team pretty now, easy to easy going just, yeah totally um, easy going <laughs> and she was always asking me like do you, do you have your your lender your loan ready to go i'm like yeah yeah don't worry joe don't because i was always working with partners and um i had to rely on my partners who were the more more loan worthy than i was okay and, could you um, elaborate on that a little bit yeah so i bought my first not my <coughs> I bought my second property in the area with, with my dad uh, in Post Falls here. And okay. uh, the reason we chose to partner up was my dad was looking to invest. He lived in Colorado. Uh, obviously, I lived out here. And I was like, well, let's, let's invest in Idaho. It just seems to be growing and things are doing really well here. And rental market is strong. And 
So he's like, yeah, let's do it. And um, I was just a lowly paid uh, struggling camp worker. But um, dad brought the uh, brought the, uh, the the down payment and, and the ability to apply for the loan. And okay. that's that's the partner that I needed. And then so then I work. I've been working my way, working my uh, skin into the game by managing that house for I think we've had it for now five years. So are you guys so um, are you guys co-signed on the loan together? Yeah, we co-signed on the loan together. OK. Um, and he brought the down and we, payment and we both and own you it. manage. Right? I manage it. And then we put it the title into an LLC. We started Wagner Real Estate LLC and that's the holder of that property. And so then we just kind of have an agreement where I've been working off my skin into the game by by managing it over time. OK. So, and then currently working with my father on uh, another house in Priest, uh, sorry, Spirit Lake that we're oh, yeah. that we're trying to buy and uh, get a new construction. <laughs> buy a new construction, and we're either gonna we, we were gonna sell it, but with the market kind of uncertain right now, we're thinking we might end up renting it. Oh, and really? Keeping okay. it for a while too. So we'll let's we'll see what happens. We still got another, I guess, month to figure that out. So yeah, yeah, it's uncertain times right now. Mm-hmm. Like all like all of a sudden uncertain. <laughs> yeah. Like just within the last what week or week and a half, two weeks. Mm-hmm. Seems like, uh, yeah. When so, the state tells you to stay home, that kind of changes the market. <laughs> yeah, and as you, as you know, it's kind of hard to find flip opportunities, at least on yeah. at least retail on market opportunities. And um, so we just, I was helping a lot of clients do new construction, and they ended up selling them and doing really well. And so we thought we would kind of try that route. We found a great deal on a home being built in Spirit Lake. And uh, we think if we can get it sold here this summer, we'll, we'll make a little bit of money and do pretty well. And if the market kind of softens like it might, then we'll just rent it out and hold it for a year or two, maybe longer. So okay. that's what's that's what's nice about kind of just, just having options, I think. When you got to go into a deal, giving yourself kind of different exit strategies on on what you might want to do with it. So that's yeah. kind of the game we're trying to play right now. So you're, um, I would consider you kind of an expert when it comes to renting houses and being a like a land, a really good landlord. What, what do you look for in a good tenant? <laughs> yeah. So I, I managed some properties for a couple owners in our area. Um, at one point I thought I'd be a full-time property manager, but I decided that's, ah, that's not the it's gig for me. <laughs> it's, it's, it's really hard. And I got a lot of respect for those that do that and run their businesses that way. Um, but I, I do manage my own properties and um, a few more for some other folks. And I, it's, yeah, it's all about tenant selection. And um, I actually learned this from the agent that I didn't like that I bought my first investment property with. He, he used to drive by a tenant's house. If, if someone applied to rent his house, yeah. he would always say, Oh great! You mind if I just come by and drop off an application? Ah. And of course they're gonna say, "Yeah, please do." Drop off an application, and then he would go to their house, check out kind of what their situation is currently. If there's a bunch of trucks and stuff being worked on in the front yard, he would probably not rent to them. But if they kept that house they were living at very, very neat and tidy, and uh, he would, you know, more potentially rent to them. And so I, yeah. I kind of learned that trick and. Uh, to the best of my ability, I've always tried to, uh, now we do online applications, but I'll either do a drive-by and kind of scope out where people are currently living or, or maybe drop off a paper application and just kind of check it out. And that's been served us well. Mm -hmm. Um, we're also looking, you know, we're just looking for people with good income, steady jobs, uh, uh, verifiable, verifiable history of where they've lived and, previous references from landlords are always a good thing. And, um, 
but it, sometimes you just never know too. And, yeah. um, yeah. So I, I heard another trick too, and I never did it. I don't know why, but, um, you should go check out like the attendant's car when they're applying. Yeah. And mm-hmm. just like see how they keep their car, if it's neat and tidy or if it's like just a wreck, train wreck, because it will usually indicate yeah, that's how a they good, treat I've their heard own that house. Too. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So um, how many rentals are you up to now? Um, I own, I own, I think five of them. I own one with you up yep. in Sandpoint. Do you want to talk and, about that one? Yeah, sure. And Do then it. all so of mine are owned with partners actually, except, except one, that first one I bought in Coeur d'Alene, uh, my wife and I own, and then the rest have been partnership deals, which I always, I, I highly recommend have worked well for me. So, and the one that you own by yourself in Coeur d'Alene, it's like a really sweet location, right? Yeah. Like it's kind of close to downtown, you put it up for downtown Coeur d'Alene. Don't you get an insane amount of applications? Yeah. I think we had it up a year ago and, uh, I, I bumped the rent up, uh, by like <gasps> more than 200 bucks a month. And I was like, okay, I just, I just want to get more fair rent for this place. I was overwhelmed. We had probably 500 inquiries on it. That's insane. All day long through Facebook, Zillow, Craigslist. How do you even Is that a full-time job? Just trying to respond yeah. to the inquiries? Yeah, it was crazy. And I think it, the, the lesson here is invest in location. Um, it's close to the hospital. It's close to yeah. downtown Coeur d'Alene where people want to be. It's uh, perfectly suited for young maybe single people or maybe an older couple. It's not a great family rental, but it's for single or a couple. And we've, it's been really desirable. And with the migration happening here to Coeur d'Alene, it's been what people are looking for. So, yeah. And that house you bought, you just moved into it, right? Like at first? And no, I never, out? never lived in, never the lived in house. it. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. Never mind. Nope. We, we bought it when I was a camp director and it was it kind of became my project. We, Ended up doing a lot of work on inside. So how how did you buy that house? Did you get a, a loan or did you? Yeah, um, I don't know if you're f- familiar with the the Fannie Mae Home Path program. Yes, it was kind of that that loan program that came after. So it was the, a bank owned property. Yeah, after the financial crisis, um, you you could used to go on a homepath.com and like search all the kind of bank yeah. foreclosures and now they have like nothing. Yeah, now there's nothing, and it, it was um, I think it was three percent down to get into them. The the interest rates are kind of crazy and. You had to pay a little bit more on the long run, but um, it was a home path home, and we submitted an application and an offer on it, and we're able to get it three percent three percent down to to get in on the loan. So, okay, that I don't think we were in a position to be able to put a lot of money down at that point, but we knew that we knew that location was going to do well. Uh, purchase price was I believe one hundred twenty nine thousand, and it's probably worth a hundred grand more than that now. So yeah, at least, yeah. Cause we kind of bought it. Quarter lane was still kind of market was flat or maybe down yeah. in about 2013. And, and it really started to take off after that. So, so you bought that with what the 3% down loan mm-hmm. and then did you refinance it at any point? No, I or keep, it, I keep wanting to, but, um, is it a high interest rate? It's like a, loan? yeah, it's like, it's like at 5.25%. So okay. I should probably refinance that. And, um, I ended up pulling, uh, I got a home equity line of credit on it. Okay. And so, so you have been leveraging it. Mm-hmm, I was able to put on a new roof and do a lot of work on it. Well, I, we, we pulled out about 30 grand out of it here a couple years ago. So I think that's, that's also kind of kept me from being able to refinance it. And now that I'm a real estate agent, I'm unlendable. So I don't think they'll <laughs> <laughs> loan to me at the moment, yeah. but hopefully soon we'll probably look more into it. Yeah. Yeah. It takes a while to become financeable mm-hmm. <laughs> when you're self-employed. Yeah. Yeah. I think it took me four years <laughs> at least. <laughs> yeah. That's, I, I got to get there because it, it has, it's, it's hard to, you can't yeah. just go out and get a loan like you used to yeah. with a W2 job and 
So again, that's that's why it's been important for me to have partners when I'm looking to buy homes. Yeah, so. you got to pay a lot of taxes mm-hmm. at least two years in a row. <laughs> so, um, all right. So tell me about the uh, latest investment that you bought. Uh, so, so with you, yeah. um, I moved to Sandpoint here a couple years ago, and um, I for some reason I always like to invest locally where I'm at because I like to keep an eye on things, work on things, keep them going. Uh, I don't know. We, we, we found this house on the market and mm-hmm. uh, it looked like a, a great deal. It's in the town of Ponderay, which is kind of a, a lower price point than Sandpoint, but this house was, looked really nice. Uh, funny story, I'd, I'd actually gone to a garage sale at this house yeah. and I saw a, a for sale by owner sign out front. And then, um, so I, I went in and talked to the people and uh, looked at the house. I'd seen it they were in a distressed situation where they were needing to sell and needing to move on uh, to a different thing in their life. And then I, I think of the, that, that same week I saw it hit the market. So they had obviously met some agent, yeah. got it listed on the market. And I was like, Oh, okay. I know that house. I, and I know these people really need to leave and sell. They're pretty distressed. And so I actually went home and, and wrote a kind of a lower offer mm-hmm. than what that they had it listed at and send it over and um, didn't hear back. And agent was like, well, can you bring it up to this? I'm like, no, this is the numbers that I think work. And so we, we just kind of left it at that. I just walked away. I never heard back from them. And and, and how I, much was that offer again? Do you remember? I think we, I think we offered like $299,000 on the home. Okay. And, and it was listed, it was listed at three fifty, three sixty, okay, maybe. Okay. And which I, I just I just knew they were kind of in a situation where I wasn't trying to take advantage of the situation, but I knew you have to buy it. At they, they didn't have any other offers either, and the house um, had been not trash, but like lived in really hard <laughs> over the years. And yeah, because it, it was, was somewhat newer construction, right? What was newer, it, what yeah, it's it only built? it's only like ten years old. Okay, but the folks that were living there had not really done much with it no. and taken care of it very well, and so um, I, I I thought it was an opportunity to kind of have an easy fixer upper. Um, so then about a week later, I think you, you called me up and you're like, Hey, I heard about this house in Ponderay that an investor's looking at. And, uh, I was like, Oh yeah, I know that house. I've been in it. I offered on it. And then I don't know you could, you take the story from there, but yeah. So I got a, um, I got a call from an investor that I've never met before out in Boise and they've been dealing with this seller and he, he heard that I should be, I, I might be able to help them out because they only had like two more days until they were foreclosed on. Um, I think it, yeah, it was just, yeah, I right. think it was a Friday night. It's getting ready to hit the auction block. Something like that. When they contacted me and it was going to auction, it was going to be auctioned off Tuesday morning. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can't do anything on the weekends really. But, um, yeah, so I, they, the wholesaler investor in Boise gave me all their info said, yeah, if you can run with it, you know, I don't have it under contract or anything, but I heard maybe you can help, help them out. So, I end up talking to the seller. I find out how much, what, what their mortgage is, what's their mortgage payment, payoff, all that good stuff. Um, what is the minimum amount needed to stop the foreclosure, um, or and what's what's needed just to reinstate the loan. So I got all that good info, and you know the payment's like thirteen hundred bucks or something like that. Um, and then I, I text you. I, I think I just text you. I was like, "Hey, what do you think this house could rent for?" <laughs> yeah. And you knew the house right away. You're like, "Oh, I know this one." Yeah. <laughs> probably two grand a month. And I was like, Ooh, that's awesome. Because this, I think it needed 18, $18,000 to reinstate the loan and you can cash flow almost 700 bucks, something like that. So I thought it, it was worth looking at. So that's when we, 
um, got together Monday morning. Yeah, we kind of met with the sellers and tried to figure out exactly what do they owe. Kind of stumbled into our, our subject two deal without even <laughs> yeah. really knowing it. I think at that moment, but because that's the only thing yeah. that would make sense, taking it over mm-hmm. subject two. Yep, and um, one of the big walk takeaways for me was it was a I think a win win for all parties. Um, mm-hmm. Those sellers were going to lose that home and walk away with nothing. Instead, they got to stay for another thirty days, mm-hmm. and they got five thousand dollars, and they got and they don't have a foreclosure on the record anymore. Salvage their credit, so they were. They were pretty happy. Yeah, and, and they've been great still working with us. We we still, there's a mortgage in their name still that we're paying mm-hmm. on. And, and we um, basically got the house for less than two ninety nine. what yeah. you initially mm-hmm. <laughs> offered anyway when it comes to what, what's actually owed on the mortgage and what we put into it. And they they had received some 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 housing assistance of some sort to with their loan over the years to kind of yeah. help them out. And I still don't feel like we've gotten to the bottom of all that, but nah, we're working on that. But it's cash flowing. Yeah. <laughs> It'll eventually go away. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, huge house, four bedroom, two bath. Now it rents for nineteen hundred a month. And, yeah, high um, quality tenants. Yeah, and they don't need uh, much maintenance. We hope to. We, we need to put some work into it eventually with some paint and fencing and yard work. But it's great, great neighborhood, great home, and really glad to own it. And I, I hope we own it for a long time. Yeah. So, um, what do you think our returns are on that thing? Our cash on cash returns annually. Oh, I'd have to, close to twenty percent, aren't they? I would think so. Yeah. So that's, and that I, I look with subject to deals, you really got to look at like what's your cash on cash return. This is my dog, by the way. Right here. <laughs> Thanks, Claire. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for coming to visit us. <laughs> All right. So what's next for you? Are you looking at any other? Well, actually, we're building houses. Do you want to, you want to tell us about that a little yeah, bit? Yeah. So um, I, I know you've been looking for kind of a home builder to partner with for years and long time. And when I heard about that, I'm like, Oh my gosh, that that's amazing. I want to, I want to help. And, uh, we, we work with some agents in our office and all over that you kind of see their, their new construction all over the place. These builders put up homes and they work with agents to kind of sell them. And we're like, what a great partnership idea. And how can we get a, be a part of that? And, uh, so we met John and Sandra, Williams at North Star Construction, who mm-hmm. uh, I think I think we met him showing up to your events. Yeah, and, that's where I um, meet everybody. Mm-hmm. Just show up to the monthly. And, and I know I got talking to them, and I know you did too. And um, just just kind of started talking about how we can work together. Uh, and so we recently, uh, I, I live up north in Sandpoint, and found some lots in in Dover, and and I know you were already talking to John and Sandra about building probably all over the place, and. I think we just kind of identified these lots. I'm like, let's 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 just try this up here because yeah. housing in in Bonner County and Sandpoint just there's there's not much new construction happening at all, and it's, people are looking for it. And I think there's a higher price point that we can sell them for up there. And yeah, um, so yeah, John and Sandra have been a great partner, and we could talk more about kind of how we set it up if you want. Sure. Yeah. So I guess um, we we did a three way partnership. Mm-hmm. I mean, you basically you've you found the deals. Um, I'm orchestrating how to, how to raise finances for the the actual construction loan and how to um, you know buy the lots, and then um, and then our uh, construction partners are going to do everything at cost and just split the profits three ways with us. Um, and you know we're agents, so we're also going to get a commission. So this is a way we're like creating our own listings. Um, so we got three in the pipeline. Um, 
I never asked you, though, how did that um, HOA meeting go with that first lot on Peggy's? <laughs> so far, so good with, <laughs> with uh, everything going on. Uh, it was a virtual meeting. In fact, not even, not even virtual. It was just a phone call. Okay. Uh, and so, you know, it might, we might actually benefit pretty well because of this. Um, typically, you have to go to a review board meeting and bring all of your materials and present to the group. Um, we basically just had a phone call with one of the developers and... I had already sent every photos of everything and, and our house plans over. And they said, oh, this looks great. You need to add a couple windows on this side of the house and then let us know when your engineering plans are complete and you guys should be good to go. And I said, awesome. So I right. think we're kind of benefiting from the lack of being able to be face-to-face -face with people right now. But, um, uh, yeah, when you when you build in Dover, Dover's an amazing uh, waterfront community if you've never been there. Yeah, but but they, they have a lot of rules and to the type of plants you use, to the type of grass you use, to the type of colors you put on your buildings and we're learning all about those and it, it's a great way to protect your investment by building in those kind of controlled communities and if you can crack the nut and kind of learn how to follow those rules, then you can have a pretty special product in a pretty amazing place. So that's what we're shooting for. The lots were seem to be dirt cheap. Yeah, um, which is com crazy. compared to buying in, Portland but they're not on the market, and that's probably why. Yeah, they're trans everything in Dover transacts kind of off market. Yeah, uh, and 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 I think with John and Sandra Williams, I hope we can really just help them too, because I know they want to scale up, build more homes, and if we can kind of help pave the road in front of them with land and and lots to build on and grease the wheels, I think it's a win-win for everybody here. So nice. I think that's why if you're if you're a builder out there, find yourself a great agent who can kind of lay out the tracks in front of you so you can do what you're best at and let those in the industry help you so it's good advice yeah cool because after we do these three i'd hope we could do more in the area or whatever it makes sense to to buy land so yeah so um so with do you know about how much in cash flow you're receiving at this point and um and like if do you have any regrets on any of the houses that you bought no regrets um Super blessed with location, the type of homes we've bought, the tenants we've had. It's just been amazing. Um, every every rental home that that I currently have is is cash flowing at least a little bit. Um, we've been able to put build up some reserves. So uh, just last week we put a new roof on one of our our house in Post Falls and. Oh, okay. um, we had the we had we had the reserves ready for that. We lost a bunch of shingles in a windstorm. Uh, the insurance company paid for part of it. We were able to pay for the rest of it because we had kind of built up those reserves. So, my advice is for running rental properties, kind of set aside for capital expenses because that's sometimes hard to do and you don't want to think about it, but you have to. Water heaters go out. Furnaces need to be replaced, placed. Roofs got to be repaired, and yeah. So. We feel like we're situated well on on all the ones that I'm a part of, um, and yeah, they're all they're all cash flowing. I don't I don't necessarily pull out a lot of money to I guess feed my my lifestyle, but we've been able to save a little bit in each account for each house. And <clears throat> each a uh, another piece of advice that I like is each house has its own kind of LLC little bank account that we set up, so oh, that perfect. helps us manage the money in money out kind of thing. So. And, and recently, um, I, I own a couple of homes with my partner, Jim, and I call him up like, Jim, I'm kind of tired of property managing. I live an hour away now. Can we turn it over to a property manager? And he's like, yeah, let's do it. And so we were able to 
uh, raise the rent this go around uh-huh. and which enabled us to pay for uh, a property manager. manager. Yeah. Um, I think we're paying them 9% per month. And for, for me and for us, we felt that's a great deal to um, let them find new tenants for the place and to kind of just take care of it. And it's kind of an experiment for us and see if it goes well. And if it does, as, as my other homes become up available, we'll just turn them over to a property managers, kind of my dream and, and my goal I've been working towards. I want to focus on real estate and not be so much in the tenant management business. Yeah. So, yeah. And I, I think for the people out there that think they're going to make more money if they manage themselves, mm-hmm. they should really rethink it or at least give it a try with a good property manager because a great property manager can sometimes just pay for themselves with, yep. you know, they can probably get higher rents and... You also get, you know, that that eight or nine or ten percent that you're paying them, it's a tax write-off. Yep. So you're not paying that full percentage when it comes to tax time. Um, That's true. And, yeah. And uh, tenants, tenants just like when they're dealing directly with the owner and they know it, they they might ask for a little bit more than when it comes to a property manager, right? And, and I'm so victim. I I think you and I have talked <laughs> about this, but like we are the worst property managers because I I, I love my tenants. I kind of, kind of became super friendly with them and would bend over backwards to help them. And they're amazing people and I love them. And, but I, I never really raised the rents on several of my folks over the years. And when I, when I probably should have, but you get too emotionally involved, you get emotionally involved, connected. And if they're taking care of the home and and great people, then why, why would you raise the rent on them? But you try to justify it with that. I can let a property manager not raise the rent to us. So I'm just thankful to have one. And, Cause I, yeah, I've definitely was victim of becoming chummy with them and, and it's not always a good thing. So yeah, good point. Uh, so what's next for you? Um, what's next for me is I, I hope to kind of build my real estate, uh, agent business. I want to mm-hmm. become a great agent. I want to, you already are. Yeah. <laughs> help, help. You've help been you in it for about a year and a half now. Yeah. It's been, it's been going really well, uh, working on the team with you and Joe and the crew and, love our team, love who we are, love who we work with. The people, yeah. we kind of, the kind of clients we work with are, are awesome. We work with a lot of investors we work with a lot of non-investors too. But, um, in this business, you oftentimes get to pick and choose who you work with. Yeah. And, um, that's been, it's been a lot of fun helping people. Uh, I hope to grow my ability to, to help buyers with homes, to sell more homes for people that want to sell, uh, to help investors, find great deals here in Idaho, which I think Idaho is still going to be a great place to invest for many years to come. Um, I hope to build uh, more homes as a part of our group and just kind of follow the ebbs and flows in the market and see where opportunity is. Um, I'm kind of looking for my first real flip project currently. I've got a a great partner that we're kind of ready to tear into something and kind of have a fun project like that. Uh, We're not looking to, you know, kill it on a big deal, but we're looking to stay busy and, and make a little bit of money on a couple different flips. If we can find them, it's been hard to find in this market, especially up North in Bonner County. Any, uh, any wholesalers out there want to come to Bonner County, you will have a friend in me wanting to work with you. So, um, <laughs> yeah. Wholesalers, Bonner yeah. County is being very, um, we're being unutilized. ignored and neglected. <laughs> so come up North and uh, help us out. Um, That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Tyler Wagner, hardest working man in real estate. Especially since Pear Black left the state. <laughs> he's, down <laughs> south in, he's down south in Boise, I think. So You took over as the hardest man, <laughs> working man in real estate. So uh, if somebody wants to reach out to you and um, want them to help you find a, a good property, 
how can they, what's the best way they can reach you? Oh, a uh, good question. Uh, you can reach me on, on Facebook through the North Idaho REI group through okay. our, our website, NorthIdahoREI.com. Uh, I'm a Keller Williams agent. And so you can look me up that way based out of Sandpoint and Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. Yeah. And, um, shoot, my phone number is 208-610-2268. Give me a call. I'm ready to help. So nice. yeah. Thank you. Yeah. All my right. pleasure. Thanks for tuning in to the Investor Shed Podcast. Please like the video and subscribe to the channel for instant access to all future episodes. If you or someone you know has investing experience or stories to share, reach out to us in the comments or via email.